T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now it's time for Inside the Clubhouse, a show dedicated to the Chicago baseball fan, featuring the best Chicago baseball conversation, as well as the big MLB topics, along with the biggest names, greatest guests, and listener interaction, starring score baseball insider Bruce Levine and half of Chicago's number one sports morning show, David Haw, on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, a radio.com Sports Station, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Good morning, Chicago. A happy Saturday to you. And we interrupt this citywide celebration of Justin Fields and the Bears draft to bring you inside the clubhouse 9 to 11 every Saturday morning, 52 weeks a year. We're talking baseball with Bruce Levine. I'm David Haw. We will be here until 11 o'clock, recapping the first month of the season for the Cubs and the White Sox, looking uh, at the rest of the league and how a lot of uh, stories affect uh, here in right here in Chicago and also talking to Hall of Famers. This is our Hall of Fame edition. We will have Ryan Sandberg at 930, Jim Tomey at 1030 and bring in our latest Hall of Famer. Hey, Bruce, how are you doing this morning? Good morning, David. Yeah. How about this? Uh, last year during the baseball season, we would have now completed just about half of the season in one month two month season last year 60 games now we have five beautiful months of baseball to look forward to good morning everybody as david said this is inside the clubhouse we're here with you 52 weeks out of the year talking baseball from 9 to 11 on saturday and we are privileged to talk to the greatest baseball fans in the world that's you the white Sox and cub fans of this city and we will bring you the best information, the best guests possible, and we're all interactive at 312-644. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, 644-6767. I'll repeat it. 312-644-6767. David, where are we beginning today? Well, plenty of opinions, Bruce. We are now, it is May 1st this morning, so the first month of the season is in the books, and you're right. A year, a season ago, this would have been halfway through, and the White Sox sit here at 14 and 11 in second place in the AL Central, the Cubs in last place at 11 and 15. And I think a good launching point as we sit here this morning, Bruce, for, for listeners and for you, and, and I'll share my thoughts as well. When you look at the Cubs and White Sox, what stands out to you as the biggest surprise in the first month of the season? I think some of these are going to be obvious. And then also maybe the biggest disappointment for the Cubs and the White Sox because I think both teams, regardless of the records, when you look at them closely, there is an element of disappointment with the White Sox because the expectations were so high. 
and because of the Cubs with their chronic inconsistency at the plate. So individual players, collective opinions, whatever you want, 312-644-6767. I think that overall, Bruce, the Sox are treading water. They're lucky to be 14-11. and 11. It feels like they should be worse than that, but maybe that's just the rhetoric surrounding this team. Wow, Debbie Downer. I mean, uh, how can we uh, how can we look at the White Sox at, at anything but trending up right now? I think they've won the last eight out of eleven. Sure, and I think you'll point this out as well, and I have to. It's against. Uh, it's been against uh, two of the worst teams in uh, in baseball this last uh, homestand here with uh, Texas and uh, Detroit. Uh, now Cleveland in. They lost the first game of the series last night in a. Uh, a great pitching matchup, but um, I, I, I see it all trending up right now. The, the, the point is winning those games, not who you're beating. And uh, 14 and 11 right now for having started the season uh, with 19 uh, games in 20 days and uh, a significant amount of games, seven in a row on the road. Um, you know, I think it's pointing up. So Bruce, I, gonna, I'm not saying I'm right. I'm saying I'm guilty as charged. No, no, I, I, I just, I just totally look at it as, as charged because – the yep. tone, the tone surrounding the Sox, for whatever reason, and I, and I know I contribute probably to every day between five and nine on the Mullane Haw Show. I know that we talk in terms of what hasn't been done, or boy, that move raised an eyebrow, and and I think that's what happens though when you come into a season and they are a World Series contender, and you see all the talent, and I just believe that there has been, you know, there's been un, un, unlucky injuries that have happened. There have been some real uh, scrutinized decisions by a manager who came in with a lot of uh, a lot of questions already, and I and I I acknowledge the fact that they are fourteen and eleven, and maybe we should be looking at this the other way, glass half full. But I do feel like overall the first month has felt like we have looked at what the Sox haven't done, and that's outweighed what they have accomplished. Yeah, my my view is that they they're the number one team in uh, run production. They're the number one team in ERA, and uh, everything is trending up. They're scoring five runs a game more than anybody in the league. ERA is the lowest. Uh, so for me, I I think the uh, the slow start is, was predicated by being on the road and playing a lot of games in a row. Uh, do I think they're firing on all cylinders? No, I do not. The bullpen is starting to get around to where um, it should be. And, you know, at that this point, David, let's let's point out, uh, give me your biggest uh, your biggest surprises up and your biggest surprises down. Let's start okay. with the Chicago White Sox. White Sox, the biggest surprise, I think, is obviously your mean Mercedes. I don't think anybody expected him to be a guy that you looked forward to coming to the plate late in a close game or look forward to seeing at all. And I think he has been the bat that you thought you would be missing from a, a White Sox perspective when Eloy Jimenez was injured and out for the bulk of this season. So I think it's easy to look at your main Mercedes as being the biggest surprise. From a disappointment standpoint, the bullpen collectively might be the answer because mm-hmm. I still think it's shakier than, they, than it can be or than yeah. it should be or we expected. But individually... Bruce, I, this may not be fair. It may be recency bias, but Yasmani Grandal's got to be better than he has. And I know he's he's fighting this knee injury that we don't know the extent of really because it could be bothering him more than we know. But his numbers have got to be better. He's being paid like few other uh, guys on that team are being paid. And 
And I just think you expect more production from a guy like that. Well, I'll start right there. I agree with you on Grandal. Uh, there's a huge disappointment. And I think it goes back to last year where he hit 230. Um, you know, he is a he's a pitch framer first. He is a run producer second, a home run hitter. Uh, we haven't seen that. Uh, you know, we saw eight home runs last year. We saw a 230 batting average. We saw a uh, OPS that was down from the two previous years. Now, now we we're looking at you know the first month, and again, you point out very well. You got to give the guy a little bit of a slide for coming out of spring training with a knee injury. We don't know how that's not only impacted his catching, but more importantly, uh, being able to, to be in the box and and generate some power. So that's why we play six uh, six months in a season uh, with Grandal. Uh, the the Yerminator is a fantastic story, but he's not my top player on the White Sox in the first month. Who is it? Hmm. It's Carlos Rodon. Ooh, okay. yeah, good one. His, I think that's fair. His, yeah. his 4-0 in a sub-1 ERA uh, will win him the pitcher of the month. I, I imagine the Yerminator will be the player of the month in the American League. And, uh, it, uh, you know, for me, Rodon is the most pleasant surprise, not only for the White Sox, but in the American League. Uh, to see what he's been doing. You know, just throw out the no-hitter. Just look at uh, the games he's had to gut through and not giving up anything. Uh, A couple of five-inning performances where he got wins, where uh, he didn't give up much, but the pitch count got up there. Uh, This is a a fabulous uh, story for this year, and it's a great White Sox story. Uh, The number one guy coming in, uh, you know, in 2014, double injuries, shoulder, elbow, Tommy John, being uh, non-tendered, brought back, and now the uh, star of the American League. That's a great point, Bruce, because if this were Shane Bieber or Jacob deGrom, you'd be like, okay, this is what you expect from the ace of your staff. But this is Carlos Rodon. He was written off in December, non-tendered. He, we, everybody knows the story. Coming back from two major surgeries, and this is the Rodon resurgence. And he's 4-0 with the microscopic ERA after the first month of the season. So, yeah, I, Mercedes or Rodon, I think either way you go, you're smiling if you're a White Sox fan because you didn't expect either guy to be this big of a part of, of their success after a month into the season. As for the Cubs, you know, Bruce, I, I think that, you know, when you talk about overall disappointments, boy, offensively, it's hard to it's hard to know where to start. But I think that the biggest concern, if you want to frame it in, the, in that context, the biggest concern that I would have if I'm Jed Hoyer, if I'm a Cubs fan, I look at Kyle Hendricks and you unloaded you Darvish, who had 12 strikeouts last night, by the way. We'll talk about that later. But Kyle Hendricks has to be your ace of this staff. He has to be the one that you count on to stop the bleeding, the guy you send to the mound for consistency that you've become used to seeing from Kyle Hendricks. He hasn't been that guy. And the, the most scary part is, Bruce, he doesn't know why. And Kyle Hendricks is supposed to know why, but this is a guy in, in the Cubs right-hander now. You, you just, you're worried if you're going to see the pitcher that we have uh, become used to seeing in Chicago. I don't know, but that would be the most disappointing and alarming aspect of the Cubs uh, first month. Yeah. I, you know, I, I think I'm there with you on, on Hendricks. So that, that has been a huge disappointment. Um, I, I'm going to look at um, 
another starting pitcher as the biggest disappointment. That's Zach Davies. Uh, he was coming in here. No one expected him to be you Darvish. But with a sub four lifetime ERA, a sub three last year, um, uh, pitching outstanding for the San Diego Padres, you expected at the very least innings uh, from Davies and uh, consistent five, six solid innings, giving up three runs maybe per start. Uh, that That's kind of what you looked at a little better than that, obviously, if you're going to have a, a sub four ERA. But, uh, you know, 19 collective innings and five starts. Uh, and uh, the fact that uh, he's only had one start uh, so far over five innings. Uh, that has been uh, detrimental in, in more than one way. And the biggest biggest problem is in those games, um, the damage you do to the bullpen, uh, the length that the bullpen has to go, uh, the way that the team has to fight back after uh, he's given up a lot of runs early. To me, this is a very good pitcher that has been a huge disappointment for the Chicago Cubs. How about the biggest surprises, Bruce? Where, where would you lean toward the biggest surprises or the most pleasant development on the Cubs who are sitting there in last place? Well, you got three places to go. You got okay. Bryant, Arietta, and Kimbrell. Kimbrell has been all world since the last month of 2020. Arguably the best closer in baseball, having given up only one hit so far this year. Um, to me, Arietta is a great surprise, a bummer yesterday, but no, but uh, very consistent so far. I'm going with Chris Bryant. Chris Bryant's comeback has been huge. Uh, it, it has impacted a number of games. Unfortunately, there hasn't been a lot of offense to go along with Bryant. He's been carrying the load mostly all by himself. Uh, but I, I think it's a great feel-good story for the Cubs, the Cub fans, and uh, something a little something to hang their hat on early in the season in a disappointing 11 and 15 start. Yeah, I think Chris Bryant is a good answer, Bruce, although I don't want to get to the point where we're surprised by this. This should be the norm. This should be the expectation to the point where, all right, that's Chris Bryant. That's the back of the baseball card. Now he's producing like the guy that we're used to seeing and should see, frankly, more often than not. And and Kimbrell has been uh, the, the, the guy they traded for, the guy they, they signed a couple years ago, but they hadn't seen until, you know, I think probably this year. So that's a good call. Arietta. Yeah, I, I wonder how good your rotation will be if he is going to be the guy that you could consider your ace. And so far through the first month, he's probably that guy. You know, there aren't a lot of choices in terms of surprises. I think Jake Marisnik has been better than uh, in, in a limited role than people thought, but that's not going to dazzle you. You know, Matt Duffy has, you know, surprised some people. But overall, I would tend to agree with you. Chris Bryant, the fact that um, – he is, he is back to being the player that we're used to seeing at the plate, and he's very versatile in the field that I think gets overlooked and underrated. So, yeah, I will say Chris Bryant, uh, as far as the biggest surprise or the most welcome, pleasant surprise for the Cubs, makes a lot right. of sense. So, David, I have a question for you. Uh, with the down years for Bryant, Rizzo, Baez, uh, and uh, the good production out of Hap and Bodie, and now certainly both have struggled mightily here at the beginning of the year. Was there an overemphasis put on Hap and Bodie as um, above, way above average major league starters only because of how poorly the other 
Cub players did last year? Was Is this a, a flaw in possibly the way that uh, upper management looked at these two players as being significant contributors this year? Is that it, because it was easy to find positives when you have a team full of disappointments? <laughs> because I think it's that well, what I mean, you're getting they, at? Yeah, they drove in all the runs. Hap, yeah. uh, Hap did a good job at the top of the order, in particular the first month of 2020. Again, it was two months. Bodie drove in more runs than anybody uh, playing less games than most. Uh, you know, big big run producer when uh, men were on the base. But 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 did it give a false sense of, who these guys necessarily are in the long term to management. It's a fair question, Bruce, because when you look at the starts for David Bodie and, and Ian Happ to, I think, a larger degree, you, you can't help but wonder if their successes in spring training were relative successes based on who you, know, you were comparing them against on your own team in your own lineup. Uh, they've got to both be better. You know, David Bodie won the job in spring training over Nico Horner. We talked a lot about that. Nico Horner is back and played a lot of different positions in a lot of different roles. Ian Happ, though, it's time, Bruce. I don't, I don't know what the Cubs uh, are going to do if he doesn't find his way out of this rut because your options are limited, and he's somebody that, as a first-round draft pick, you just this projection can't be as as all over the map and as inconsistent as it has been with Ian Happ. And, you know, was he, he was supposed to be your leadoff guy? That doesn't look like it's going to work. So where does he fit in and how often do you use him? I don't know how about the future of an Ian Happ, and I think that's a really good question to ask. Were his, was his projection affected by the fact that so many others kind of had come back to, uh, to, to him in terms of the uh, ability or potential level? Uh, good question. I, I don't know the answer to that, but I do know that both guys have been disappointing. 312-644-6767. That's our Inside the Clubhouse phone line and text line. Text David uh, with your thoughts and get in with us. Let us know what you think of the first month of the season for your Chicago Cubs and Chicago White Sox. Disappointment, happiness. Are you positive that it's going to get better for both? Are either Bodie or Hap, just to finish that loop, Bruce, are, are they everyday players in the major league? Do you, do you think that they are guys that will, you know, whether whether it's their next stop or whether they the light goes on finally again with the Cubs, are these everyday major league players? TBD, TBD. That, that's how you have to look at it. I, I mean, they have you have you have Hap who uh, had a sensational beginning to his career, then crashed and burned, had to go to uh, minor leagues for three months in 2019, came back strong with a strong OPS then and uh, in the partial season last year. And now it looks like he never picked up a baseball bat in his life. Um, it's just been that tough. Uh, some, some people have pointed to hard contact earlier. Um, yeah, uh, but some of that hard contact has been on the ground. Uh, that's that's not Ian Happ. Uh, Ian Happ drives balls to the outfield. Uh, he hits home runs. Uh, he had an OPS last year uh, of over eight on base percentage of uh, 361. Uh, that is the Ian Happ that they expect to be out there. 
And David Ross has to mix and match and juggle his lineup to try to get the most out of a, a group that has struggled offensively to the point where last night when you know they lose to the Reds 8-6 to six and they, they send eight batters to the plate in the ninth and you're left to kind of look for a moral victory. You're left to look at the quality of the bat. And boy, you know, at least they didn't strike out. They were walking. And, and Bruce, that's yeah, where right. we are with the Cubs lineup is that you're trying that's, to look yeah. for bright spots. Uh, you know, the you know, do they get to go to Dairy Queen because of that, David? Or um, what? Uh, it's a major league. It's major league baseball. And when you say, you know, you got into their bullpen and you got their closer and you know their but, setup but man you were, up. weren't you on the Zoom after the game? I mean, I know you cut away from sure your, your NFL draft obsession, but I do know that <laughs> David Ross was talking about the the quality of the bats and and I think you're sitting there looking at from a from an outsider's perspective saying you lost to the Reds it was 8 to 6 and isn't that shouldn't that be understood that you're going to have quality of bats because these are major league hitters and and I think though that it, it also underscored just how much they're grasping for any little semblance of of a quality of batter success they the they failed against a below average pitcher to start the game last night uh Miley was there for the taking uh, the only guy that was up to the task was Chris Bryant. Okay, um, you know, against some of these teams, you 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 face their aces and they beat you. That's going to happen. Okay, Anderson is you know a tremendous young pitcher for Atlanta. If he shuts you down, fine. But if Miley uh, gets through five innings and you uh, you're blown out until the ninth inning. Um, there, there's there's some problems there so they, they have to they have to they have to raise their game somehow I think David Ross is doing everything he can I give him all the credit in the world for using his uh, bench guys who are pretty good uh, you know Sogard has great at bats Marisnik has had some great bats and is a good defender in center um, you know certainly Duffy has been a good ball player and uh Kudos to the front office for getting a better bench this year. But when your bench players are in your top five players uh, for the first month of the season, uh, you have a long way to go. He is Bruce Levine. I am David Haw, and we will talk next to Ryan Sandberg, the Cubs Hall of Famer, to see what he thinks about the Cubs through the first month of the season. You are inside the clubhouse here in Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back to Inside the Clubhouse here, Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, I am David Hall with Bruce Levine until 11 o'clock, and we are building a bridge to Cubs pregame until at 2.35 today. Zach Zaidman, Ron Coomer, Pat Hughes, you know and love them. They bring you the Cubs games here on the score. And after us, Bruce, between at 11 o'clock until 1.35, we have a special Bears draft recap with Mully, I know a guy who I spend the mornings with, Mully, Mark Grody, Jeff Joniak, and Tom Thayer breaking down the Bears draft and what a draft it has been for the Bears. But we're talking baseball as we are every Saturday morning here, 52 weeks a year. Zach Davies on the mound today for the Cubs. Bruce, it's a big outing for Zach Davies and the Cubs because he needs to bounce back. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, this is a, a big start for him. And we, we overemphasize big starts for people, big games in baseball uh, the beginning of May. But this is um, a time for him to be able to regain his confidence and get back to uh, throwing the six innings of giving up three or two runs and uh, keeping his uh, team in the ball game as he's done so well during his career. This is a, a huge game for him. Uh, so uh, the personal part of uh, these accomplishments, so important toward uh, team goals when you're talking about a starting pitcher. And the draft special will go until 2 o'clock because the Cubs uh, will play after that. And, and Davies goes to the mound. Bruce, as you mentioned, he's struggling. They don't have many options, though. They don't really have many alternatives, or do they? We saw Adbert Alzali have a really strong outing. They finally uh, trusted him to go a little bit deeper into the game. He surpassed 90 pitches. It was the longest stint of his career. If Davies doesn't work out, though, what, what alternatives do they have? It's, this is not an organization. And this is the number one criticism, I think, of the Theo Epstein slash Jed Hoyer regime. They have not drafted and developed pitching, and now it's starting to show in ways that you don't want it to show because they don't have many alternatives if your guys struggle. Well, and that's a huge point, and that was the major concern going into the season uh, was, uh, well, you, you had some competent pitchers uh, for sure that you saw, but what happens if you have an injury or two or somebody – is uh, not not uh, standing up to what he's supposed to do. In this case, it's Davies and Hendricks both not getting the job done early. So from all of that, uh, you know, when you don't have depth in an organization, these are some of the things that start keeping you up at night if you're the front office or the manager of the team. All right, Bruce, it's time to go to our guest hotline, which is brought to you by Alpamani Nissan in Melrose Park on North Avenue or apnissan.com. The Hall of Famer and uh, Chicago Cub icon that we're fortunate to have today, his name is Ryan Sandberg. He joins us on Inside the Clubhouse. Rhino, good morning. How are you today? Morning, Rhino. Good morning, Bruce. David, doing good. Yeah. Well, let, let's start out with, uh, with what you see, uh, Rhino, of the, uh, the Cubs so far, first month of the season. How much emphasis should uh, – Chicago Cub fans put on one month of the season where the team is uh, five games out and with 11 and 15 record. How much concern should they have at this point? Yeah, well, 
you know, I've been listening to, to you guys this morning, and, you know, you guys are right on with the, uh, you know, the managing that I did in the minor leagues and then with the Phillies. Uh, the whole game starts with with the starting pitcher setting the tone and and the regular players knowing what type of uh, 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 pitching support that they're going to get that day. And then, and then so much of a manager's uh, job is to run the bullpen and have – have those guys come in and uh, shut the door and put some zeros up there and throw strikes and uh, and keep the defense on their toes because they're they're forcing the issue and pounding the strike zone and doing the job and then get to the closer. That that's kind of where the game starts for me. And then, um, you know, we've seen we've seen this from this group the last three or four years with the offense hot and cold and then. Uh, beating up on a pitcher one day and getting all kinds of runs, and then the very next day, uh, complete opposite. They just don't get hot and sustain that. I think just with their style of offense and their style of uh, swings, um, and um, any time that they face someone that's hitting their spots, and or maybe they don't know yet, or uh, a guy is really really uh, dotting the ball that day, they seem to have a tough time. So. Um, you know, the inconsistency of putting the, the pitching and the offense together um, has just been very inconsistent this year uh, once again. And um, so to worry about it, um, you know, I always look at the names potentially in the lineup when they're all in there and uh, even to get Jock Peterson in there, the potential that I see um, out of spring training was just a offensive offensive uh very good lineup right-handed hitters left-handed hitters and to know what these guys can do or capable of doing um kind of gets me excited um but this is this is one month into the season now and just that inconsistency of putting the two together has uh has really stood out um as as being a weakness Ryan, really looking forward to hearing your your insight on the Marquee Sports Network this season. And as you watch more of this team, and I know you're very familiar with this core because it's been the same core for several years now. Right. But when you right. watch this offensive inconsistency, the approach, would you have it? Is there any one thing that you think they need to adjust? Is there any one concept that you think they have failed to grasp that has contributed to such inconsistency? Yeah, well – you know, I think I think the word adjustment is is very big, um, but you know, for the most part, I think that they have a mentality of going up there and expecting to, and having a goal to hit a home run in that at bat, nearly every at bat. And uh, I can just tell you from my standpoint and the players that I was around and and the area of era of my big my game where. It was about avoiding the strikeout with two strikes. It was about crowding the plate, doing something different with two strikes, shortening up mentally, putting the bat on the ball, and all that was all that was done was for the team. It was it was for yourself as an individual because there were some hits there that would come and moving the baseball, but it was also for the team. Um, but uh, I see so many of the guys uh, continue to go up there and, and hit a home run in any given at bat even if it calls for putting the ball in play to get a guy in from third base, which puts a, a run up on the board for the, for the Cubs. And um, so I think that's, uh, 
maybe in some regards that's the most difficult thing that a manager has today is to get the guys to really buy into uh, making an adjustment within the bat to do something good for the ball club. And, um, you know, I see the swings with two strikes. That uh, The swing looks like it's a 3-0 green light, and it's just swing as hard as you can. And, it's uh, you know, it's a, it's a one-two count with a couple guys on second and third and in the infield back, you know, those types yeah. of situations. And those are, those are team at-bats. It's a team concept. And I think that's the biggest adjustment that I see. Now, just the approach in general, you see it nearly across the board where um, I always felt like a downward swing created a line drive or a hard hit ground ball. And then when you really squared it up, the ball jumped out of the ballpark and you covered the whole plate. And that was, that was the goal was to hit 300 and to score 100 runs. You know, and so uh, there were adjustments that were made that I would make throughout my at bat, throughout the game, pitcher to pitcher, all that to accomplish that that exactly thing is hit try to hit as close to three hundred as I could and score a hundred runs. <laughs> Rhino, uh, when you look at, by the way, Ryan Sandberg, the Hall of Famer, ambassador for the Cubs, and contributor to the Marquee. <laughs> television network uh, joining us on Inside the Clubhouse. Uh, Rhino, um, when you when you look at a situation like Ian Happ right now, uh, when you hear people say he's in between with his swing, what what do you see? And, uh, and tell us what only you could tell us or another former player who did it successfully, what's going on between the ears uh, when you are in a slump like this? Yeah, you know, for me, and I was in a slump every single year, don't get me wrong, it didn't matter. There'd be a few slumps a year, and what I needed to do was I needed to figure out what I needed to do personally to correct what was wrong and to get out of the slump. And for me, it was putting the bat on the ball squarely, Back at the pitcher, uh, a lot of times I focused over the second baseman's head I, I, uh, or through the four hole. So it was more using the opposite field and back up the middle. Now, in today's game, there's shifts and things like that. Uh, in today's game, if, if I needed a hit to get feeling good and needed a couple of hits, for me, I think I would make an adjustment at home plate, move a little bit, and get a pitch that I could hit away from the shift if there was a shift out there just to build my confidence. And I would just wear that out, uh, at least attempt to do that. If I needed a base hit just to feel good, I wouldn't continue to do the same thing. Um, But each player had their own way of getting out of it and what they needed to do. Uh, to correct that and it uh, becomes an individual thing and that's what that's what I would fall back on and it was a very basic thing for me I would I would practice that that was that was the first thing I was pra- I'd practice it in the cage I'd practice it in batting practice and then that would be my strategy for those four or five at bats in the game and I wouldn't leave that just to correct myself and oftentimes it took one two three at bats where something would click I might get a blue pit, and then I might get a, a bullet base hit up the middle, like I was trying to do, and then everything would just kind of relax, and then I just kind of go back to uh, automatically just seeing the ball and hitting it, and things, and then open up the field, and everything would click. But it's an individual thing, I believe, 
and uh, each player uh, usually or needs to uh, have something like that that gets them out of a slump. Ryan, that's great perspective from an ex-player's perspective. And I wonder if you uh, look at the Cubs from an ex-manager's perspective, the daily challenge confronting David Ross. And, and when you see how frustrating it can be to manage a team that has struggled offensively or whatever inconsistency, you know, it's a daily grind. And do you mm-hmm. miss that? Do you, do you think, oh, boy, I'm glad I'm out of it now and I haven't managed in six years? Or, or how do you balance those emotions? Because I imagine it, it probably back and forth. <laughs> back and forth. I mean, that's part of the challenge of it. Of you know, from a player standpoint, to a, a hitting coach, a pitching coach, the infield coach, the outfield coach, the base running coach, top to bottom, it's a it's a challenge, and that's the, that's the beauty of it for the players. It's a daily challenge for the players, and I you know I don't I don't back away from that at all, and I, I pay attention today to baseball and you know especially the Cubs team just to see. Um, see what I notice and to see what I think. And, um, and, and so that I stay in it that way. And I, I enjoy that part of it. And, uh, I, I enjoy seeing, uh, when a team does make an adjustment and, uh, turns things around. So that's kind of, that's kind of what I sit back and kind of wait to see. And, uh, last, last week I had a conversation with, uh, with both the hitting coaches, um, uh, posts and, um, and Val and uh, you know I've known these guys from spring training and I mean they I mean they're right on the ball on what uh, how they how they go about their business two of the best in the business and they uh, they talk the right language and they have the, they have the right approach so it's from that point it's up to the players to execute that and um, and uh, I'm on the same page with what they are talking about and what they teach so that at that point. It's just up to the lineup on a daily basis to do their job and uh, watch the game and whatever the game calls for in that at bat, have that approach, have it for the team. And oftentimes I found when I, when I played and I did all the time, played for the moment and played for the team first. So many times I came out on top with uh, just a, a base hit for myself, as it turns out, and a key RBI going the other way, whatever it might be. Uh, team first mentality, I think, usually goes a long way, and the player usually wins out in that in the end. <laughs> Rhino, uh, David, and I thank you very much. Uh, in closing, here uh, we're you know we we got about a minute left. Uh, can you can you tell us about uh, Nico Horner? What you think uh, is different for him, and uh, how much of a young Ryan Sandberg do you see in Nico Horner? Yeah, I just like his whole look, his game. You know, he can. He, he can play short or second for me, and he'll he'll take his ground balls on a daily basis to to stay sharp at either position, whatever it's called for. Um, you know, he's just chomping at the bit to be in there all the time, and you know the way that he puts the bat on the ball and hits the pitch that that uh, where, where the pitch is and uses the whole field line to line. I mean, that's that's the biggest thing that I think is a similar to my approach, and and that's what you have to do, and. You know, it, it, the more bats that he gets, I think it's better for the Cubs' future and for him. And, uh, you know, I know that the Cubs were patient with me my rookie season off to a slow start, but then hitting over 270-something and 100 and some runs scored later. And, uh, and, and then my really settling in, that's what it took. So, boy, I'd really like to see uh, Nico get that chance. I think he's a player that's going to be here for a while and uh, a good one to uh, – plays the game right 
really good player for the the kids out there to watch and the coaches to watch his approach and his his line drive looking swing. He's not thinking home run every single at bat. He's I don't think he's hit, thinking home run any at bat, and still capable of hitting the ball out of the ballpark if he if he nails it. But he's trying to. Uh, He's trying to square the ball up. He's he's hitting the balls to the gaps and down in both corners, makes things happen. And uh, I just like him as a complete ball player. I hope just just hope he gets a, a lot of reps out there to really feel comfortable and get that year of uh, of those at bats and those games played under his belt. And I think it'll, good things for the Cubs and for him will be uh, a lot of years ahead of him. Ryan, thanks so much for your time. Great talking to you. All right, guys. You guys are great. Thanks. Take care. Appreciate Ryan. it. Hall of Famer Ryan Sandberg joining us here on the score. That was a fun conversation, Bruce. Great to hear from the Hall of Famer. Yeah, he's uh, fantastic, and uh, I'm enjoying like you are uh, watching him on Marquee and uh, perspective of a, a guy that there uh, so he did something very few ever have done: Hall of Fame career and going back to the minor leagues, working his way up all the way from Class A to a major league manager. Um, that That is something that you've, uh, I think only him and Gary Carter have ever done that uh, in careers where people ended up in the Hall of Fame. And hey Bruce, just for the record, before we get to a break, for the record, you, get, you gave me a hard time a few weeks ago for thinking that Nico Horner may be overvaluing him and, and praising him to a degree mm-hmm. was exaggerating. You compared him to Ryan Sandberg there in that last question there, just, just for the record. Uh, yeah, I said approach, but okay. I mean, uh, <laughs> just just he, kidding. Uh, we'll come back. I, I like. Let me put it this way: I like watching Nico Horner play baseball. <laughs> me too. More conversation about the Cubs when we come back inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio six seventy. The score. Yeah, I thought we we worked hard all all night. To be honest with you, I I thought we had a nice uh, game plan going in. We're able to scratch out some runs early on, um, and then there. Uh, to, to put a couple more on later in the game and then right there at the end um, to battle. And, I mean, that's the type of stuff for me that, that can win you a series, to, to get into the bullpen a little bit deeper on a night where, um, you know, they've got a little bit of a cushion and, and to get the, get the back end of their bullpen cranking and, and to spend some energy. And, and that's the stuff that um, can affect a series. Welcome back inside the clubhouse here, Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. That was the voice of David Ross after last night's 8-6 loss by the Cubs to the Cincinnati Reds with Bruce Levine. I am here till 11 o'clock talking Cubs and Sox and baseball around the league. And Bruce, we just had a conversation with Ryan Sandberg. Thought it was really insightful, pretty candid as well as he kind of looked at the Cubs' offensive inconsistency and identified you know, the overall approach. Now we have heard it before from Ron Coomer. Now we hear it from Ryan Sandberg and the trained eye, the untrained eye, they look at the Cubs and this offense has been underachieving. And I thought the way that he described it pretty accurate and pretty difficult to fix once you get into some bad habits and you wonder if the Cubs can get out of the rut they've created for themselves. Well, you know, it's interesting, David, that the bench players are doing exactly what what, uh, Rhino had said. When they come into the game, you see their approaches right up the middle there. Uh, You know, they take what they can get. Uh, Sogard on pinch hits takes the ball to left center. Uh, You see Duffy using center, right center. Um, That's where the base hits are. And I I thought the most significant thing for the Cubs all year 
was the game that they won two days ago. And uh, they won it in a fashion that they, they really need to win a lot of games with if they're going to win this year. And that is, they had 16 hits, but uh, only two of them were extra base hits, only one home run. That's called moving the ball around. That's using the line drive approach. That's exactly what Rhino talks about. That's what uh, you see with Sogard and Duffy, who are shorter in skills than some of the superstars, but know how to get it going, know how to get on base. And let's face it, aren't, isn't that the only reason these guys are in the lineup on a semi-regular basis? Because you have to break up your your order with guys who are contact-driven. And frankly, when Rhino talks about the future for Nico Horner, the guy we both have come to love, uh, I think that you you understand why he has as bright of a future as some people anticipate because of his approach and because of the kind of hitter that he is and they need. David, that's a great example, and and it's a prime example for the Bodies and the Haps and for Petersons to get back to the basics and uh, use that middle of the uh, middle of the field. Get your line drive down and uh, get your swing back. More importantly, get your confidence back and your ability to be the good baseball players that you are. One month into the season, the Cubs are 25th in hitting in, in Major League Baseball with a 216 team average. They are fifth in strikeouts, uh, and, and I think those are the two things that are related, and their approach is something we will continue to discuss. But when we come back, Bruce, we are going to listen to some chin music, and we are going to deliver a message as we do each and every week here on Inside the Clubhouse. Looking forward to that. Stay with us. We're here until 11 with Bruce Levine. I'm David Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.